Hello and welcome to the Hope and Coffee podcast, episode 19 of season 2, with me, Rob Linzel. And today we're going to start by looking at Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So as I begin episode 19 of season 2 of Hope and Coffee, I start here in Galatians chapter 6 as I look at deception. Now, here in Galatians chapter 6, Paul tells us not to be deceived, that we reap what we sow. This, of course, is something I've touched on in previous episodes of Hope and Coffee. For example, when I looked at the heart revealing who we truly are. Yet, as Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? See, I've shared during previous episodes of Hope and Coffee about last year how I fell into a sinful relationship only to try and deceive myself that it was alright. I even deceived my church family, something I sought to correct when the relationship was breaking down. And again, even in yesterday's episode, I touched on deception when people don't know how they would rather pretend to know than to admit that they lack the knowledge. And deception has been there since the beginning of creation. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Now here in Genesis, we look at what happened between Eve and the serpent, or the devil, or the enemy, depending on your translation, but it starts with an innocent seeming question. The serpent asks Eve, did God say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So of course Eve responds and she says, of course we may eat from the trees, except the one at the center of the garden, for God said you must not eat or even touch it. For if you do, you will die. See how clever it is that Eve was asked such an innocent-seeming question. The serpent gets Eve to put it into words, and in doing so, gets her thinking about it. And I would imagine in that moment, it started the questioning in her head as well. God said that. Is it true? And then, of course, comes the great deception. You will not die, the serpent tells her. God knows that your eyes will be open when you eat, 
and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, this is the first example of how the enemy will take truth and twist it. Because in eating from the tree, Adam and Eve did become aware of good and evil. And of course we know how the story progresses and God comes to the garden and questions Adam. But that's the devil, the enemy, the serpent, he takes truth and twists it. You won't die. You'll become like God. You'll know good from evil. But that wasn't our knowledge to have. It was God's knowledge to have. And so we have the fall of man and the first sin. So let's now look at 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And let's also look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Now these two verses from 1 John chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 5 are almost a follow-on from that first sin when Eve was deceived. Ephesians 5 is very much Adam. When God questions him, he blames Eve, despite the fact that he knew the rule about the fruit of the tree at the centre of the garden. Because it continues in Ephesians 5, God will fall on all who disobey, which is exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. God was angry at them both. It wasn't just Eve who made the initial mistake and sinned. He came down on both of them, on Adam and Eve, and banished them from the Garden of Eden. Likewise, if we look at 1 John chapter 1, we can draw a parallel with Adam, who tried to claim he was without sin, that it was Eve's fault despite the fact that he was aware of what God had told them. And sadly, if I'm honest, I can relate. There have been a couple of times I have lived in sin with another, justifying it to myself, claiming I was innocent because I was enticed by my partner. She was the one who was in the wrong. Yet it doesn't matter. I know God's rules, and I chose to break them anyway. When you believe you are in love, it's easy to deceive yourself and justify sin as being part of a committed relationship. But at the end of the day, I know that in God's eyes, I am just as guilty. No matter how it started out and how the sin came to be, I was the one who chose to step into that sin and to continue in it. As Proverbs 31 verse 30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Now, before anyone gets upset with me, I am not singling out women. I think this just as easily applies to men. 
if you replace the word beauty with looks. But the point is that whether it is the woman or the man who charms the other into committing sin, we should be wary. And the easiest way to combat deceit is through truth. As Proverbs chapter 12 verse 22 says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Now, my fiance and I may have deceived our church family, but in the end I came clean and I told certain leaders the truth. So it may have ended badly in many ways, my honesty costing any chance of reconciliation. But my conscience is clear and I know that I acted according to God's commands. I know that God is happy that I was honest about living in sin and the mistakes I made. But let us now look at Psalm 24 verses 3 to 5. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Saviour. So these verses in Psalm 24 confirm my beliefs in being honest about living in sin, as it says only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and do not tell lies, can stand in God's holy place, receive blessing, and have a right relationship with God. Of course, it's not always easy to be honest. We sometimes are too embarrassed by our actions to share, but God already knows it. The problem comes when something needs to be set right with us, especially being honest about playing a part in someone's deception. Yet, as the old saying goes, honesty is the best policy. And ultimately, if the truth upsets or offends others, then the problem is theirs and not yours. We know that God requires us to be honest, to be right with others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. After all, as Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9 rightly states, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Ultimately, truth will always come to light. But now, let's look together at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Now as I begin to bring this episode of Hope and Coffee to a close, I want to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 because it reminds us that we are in a spiritual battle. So it tells us here that in the last times some will turn from faith, that they will follow deceptive spirits and teaching. Now, it is my belief that those who fall away will already be living some form of deceptive lives, that they will be deceiving themselves while carrying sin and lies in their lives. 
And I also believe that we must live according to God's word, that we must live in the truth and bring all lies and deception to light. Now, I have been weak in the past. I admit that. I put it into the light. I'm happy to speak about it. But I have allowed myself to fall into sin and then deceived myself and others. For which I have apologised. And like I said, I've brought these things into the light. I do not want them to be a burden in my life. But I doubt if they will be my last mistakes. So I know that I must be vigilant. I must constantly look at my life and deal with any deception that I find. Either deception of myself or deceiving others. Because deception is such a dangerous thing. It is far worse than lies as far as I'm concerned. Lies are bad enough. But to deceive, to continue on with lies, even if it's lies of omission by not admitting the truth, it's not a great way to live. It eats at your very soul. It ate at my soul. So, as I bring this episode to a close, I'm going to leave you with a very simple challenge. Be vigilant. Look at your life, see if there are any deceptions, if you're deceiving yourself or others, and deal with it. Bring it to the light. Lay it at the foot of the cross and ask for forgiveness and move forward. Let us pray. Father God, I just want to pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you would open our eyes to any deception that is in our lives be it deception of ourselves or be it deception of others help us to have the courage to face those deceptions to bring them into your light to put right with others if needs be to seek forgiveness where necessary so that we may walk in your light and walk the path before us knowing that you are pleased with our pure hearts and our honest nature in jesus name amen